friends. Thanks for tuning in and joining us. Um, this is Women Speaking Truth, Galen Damiani and Andy Bruce. Hey, you guys. How's it going? So welcome to my closet, Galen. So literally, we are in a non-figurative way, two friends hanging out in my closet. It's not weird at all. It's not. To record a podcast. So Galen, if I had to ask you what on earth is the purpose, what would you say? So the Women Speaking Truth podcast is all about us wanting to get around the Bible together, you and I together, inviting women into the conversation because we want women to feel hope that God wants to do something new in them um, and that they have a calling and they have a purpose and that God is inviting them to step into that. Because you know what's crazy, Galen? I would say, as I hear you talk about that, I do have hope that God wants to do something in me, but here's where there's this disconnect. Seriously, I have this idea. I know God has calling for my life. I know he wants to do something next year or in six months (laughs) when X or Y or Z isn't in the way when there's like this ideal picture of a lack of barriers. Mm -hmm. Do you have hope that you were talking about for this calling and where, where does it feel hopeful and where does it feel like a disconnect? It feels hopeful. I I think it, it helps me look towards the future thinking, Oh, God's got something exciting for me. You know, he's got a purpose he's created me for, but at the same time, the disconnect comes when I really just want God to kind of catapult me into that future state. Mm. Like, can we be there already? And that is not how it works. And so when I start to feel the stretch of, of stepping out into what he's calling me to do, and it's hard, and I sometimes am not very good at it, that is when I start to think, ooh, maybe I got this wrong. Oh, that's sure. So I have always pictured it like this. You know, I'm super visual. But I have, so I want to tell you, this This isn't an, an example that makes me look great, but you'll catch the drift. So good friends of mine who come to know Christ, and I see like amazing anointing, movement, healing, openness, like radical transformations mm-hmm. in some of these friends. After some time, let's pretend a year as a woman doing women's ministry, it was like, holy smokes, it just feels natural to put this person into leadership Hmm. or into a role where we have jumped the gun on their calling. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And it's like the training didn't go deep enough. I don't mean deep enough. I mean, worked in through Hmm. and through in them in a way of maturity. So here's what I'm trying to say. It's like there were potholes on their way to knowing God. And here's the crazy thing. I don't think it's my opinion. God with my own potholes, I mean, character, lack of healing, like exposed brokenness that especially in some ways, I feel like God was meant to heal a while, but I was so intent on like, full steam ahead to calling in something that feels exciting and useful to God. Mm-hmm. And I don't think God ever lets those potholes ever mm-hmm. go unnoticed or end up with, cause that is grace. 
You know what I mean? Like that is true grace. And so tonight we're going to be talking about these places that could look like potholes. Um, Galen, like, like I've, I'm already starting to choke up <laughs> because I know the topic you're going to bring to the table. And this word hits me like a ton of bricks because for Pete's sake, the potholes of this in my life have um, been tough. So all that to say, <laughs> what are we talking about tonight, Galen? We're talking about failure. Mm. We're talking about how how failure can be such a big pothole. Mm. Um and, and I love that description, Andy, that description of hitting that pothole. And sometimes you get stuck there. Right? Yeah. And even, okay, have you been driving in the car? Mm-hmm. You have. When you see the pothole and you literally yes. try to go around it. And how is it that you're both <laughs> tires on the right side of the car end up hitting it? Yes. And it's like clunk, clunk. I know spiritually for me, when it comes to living in my calling, and I mean... Galen, let's just, let me put all my cards on the table. Full-time ministry, Mm. like moving toward God as best as I know how and leading many others Mm. and hitting the same potholes time and time again in a way that feels like I can't even avoid it. And to some extent for me, these potholes have been bondage and Mm. I need you to know, and friends on the other end, like straight up when it comes to this word failure, I'm telling you, it's a pothole that even with all my might, if I were on both hands on the steering wheel, trying to go left, it just would drive into the pothole because it's not just something to be avoided. It's my heart that Mm. we're talking about. And my heart will always be a pothole when I don't want God to move or when I don't know what to do. So we're talking about faith and failure. Where do you want to start? Well, I think it's something you just said actually is interesting. And I kind of have a question about it. So you said that you can't avoid those potholes, that your heart is the pothole. Mm -hmm. Can you just unpack that a little bit, just a tiny bit for us? Uh, So here's the thing, Galen, let me unpack this a little bit. So, you know, my story Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of friends don't. So like the 92nd version is a very small child that as I was a really little girl, four, five, six, seven years old, when I say extreme sexual abuse, Mm -hmm. I mean that not only because of the incidents that took place, but also the number of boys and teens involved is not a few. Um, I remember sitting with a counselor and him like putting a whiteboard marker in my hand and saying, go ahead, write every name or the specifics of a description of a boy that sets them apart from the other that you can remember. And I stopped at 17 and I knew it was a lot, but I had never let myself count because that felt too real. And I remember just staring at this board talk about pothole central where that was my identity as a kid as a person growing up with fear unimaginable that um because I didn't tell my parents purposefully and I grew up with this secret that felt like it was following me around everywhere out to destroy me so a whole lot of control especially in the way of lying manipulation 
enjoying abuse because it meant acceptance and yet hating it Mm -hmm. and hating them because of the shame and exposure it brought to me. So all of that resulted in this understanding um, that I am a problem. Like, why would they choose me to do this to? Because it was a problem of the abuse. The abuse is a problem, so then I must be a problem. Mm. Um, I chose to do this wrong. By the way, I was seven and eight and nine years old. You know what I mean? I chose not to tell. I chose to lie. I chose to manipulate. I chose to enjoy it. I chose to engage in Mm. sexual weird behavior um, outside of them. And so all of that, for me, marks this strong idea of I am a failure through and through. So it's an interesting thing because if you look at my life, Galen, like there's not lots of failure in it. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I do. I don't, I don't look at you and see pothole. I don't look at you and see failure. (laughs) Well, so then let me layer this on. You've got a grown woman. I'm 42 years old with the doctor would diagnose me as moderate to severe adult ADHD, (laughs) which means I see my My husband, my ministry partner, Melissa, my team, including you pays for my failures that Mm. feel like character flaws Mm. because I can't get my stuff together. I don't understand a calendar. I don't understand time because to me, they're in motion. The world is confusing unless it's extremely black and white because I live in the gray, but I need the black and white. I grew up, uh, I think a smart kid done first in class, but then I literally couldn't sit still. Like I always felt like I'm trying to hide the secret and the fact that I'm a failure in hopes that just like that little kid that I was trying to hide the abuse so that I wouldn't get in trouble to a pretty large extent, I feel like there's this same type of narrative that I'm trying to hide the fact that I'm ADHD so that, or at least cover up so that you guys all wouldn't know what I do know way deep down. And that is like, I'm a failure. So can I keep talking here for a sec? Please. I remember, um, how do I say this? I'm going to set the stage because I want to talk about my story of failure and how the rubber meets the road. And then friends on the other end and the next episode, we're really going to unpack scripturally this idea of failure. Is that okay, Galen? Oh, please. Okay. So I want you to rewind the clock in your mind like five years. I was leading this citywide ministry that, like, seriously, God was moving in. The way that things happened, which I don't have time to go into, but to me and those who are highly involved with Melissa and I, it was like the anointing and the presence and the leading of God. Oh, I remember that. So I remember attending that event. Yeah. And I, I didn't really, we didn't really know each other at the time. Right. Um, but I remember thinking like, God is, I feel his presence. He's moving here. There absolutely is this anointing. Yeah. But I hear a butt coming. Oh, there's like <laughs> such a big butt. So I want you to even rewind like 
about 18 months before and talk about a pothole that just kept coming up and coming up in ministry, particularly the more desire I had to do what God was bringing me to do and really leaning into it, I thought I had to make something happen. So it was like this long process and I ended up talking with a good friend of mine, Gail, who does Christian counseling. And I was like, Galen, something's the matter. There's this, let's use the word pothole that I keep running over. And no matter what I do, it's like, I'm praying, fasting, reading scripture, memorizing scripture in community about this. Like you're doing all the things, all of it, pulling out all the stops. And that's when I was like, something's up here. So I go through these like 16 weeks of intense three hour session counseling weeks, you know, and it was tough about all that stuff from when I was a kid and more. And I remember this session where Gail, the Christian counselor was like, you know what, Andy, you're just not ready. And I was like, wait, not ready for what? And she said, God will do something in you and you'll know when it's time. And I'm like, Gail, Like, how is this not time time. right now? Like, that's why I'm here. Like, my life feels like it's kind of falling apart under my watch. And Mm -hmm. I'm doing everything toward God that I know to do. And she's like, Andy, you'll know when it's time. And I was like, seriously, Galen, I even fail counseling? Like, come on. Come on. Right? (laughs) So I go home and I remember being on my face on my nasty carpet and just weeping just in frustration and in like god here i am do anything and i remember purposefully counting in my mind like accounting do you mean anything andy and to just sit carefully and be like god i do whatever you want to do in me to heal this pothole of brokenness i don't know what it is and i'm afraid of what it's going to take to heal it Mm. I'm asking you, and I believe that you want this whole too. It's yours. Do whatever it takes. And that was seriously scary. Oh, I can't even imagine. It was terrifying. Saying, I will do anything. Right. I mean, that's a, that's a scary place and because you don't know what that anything is. And I do remember thinking, if I, I know this is extreme, and it shows the whatever it shows like God, even if it means you taking my husband, Andy, if that's what you want for my life wow, and what will lead to this or one of my children or God, what if you take all of them? You know what I mean? In this way of like, and just saying, you know what, God, you are good. I'm your girl, but what you've got full reign. Mm. So now we're at the city sing event that we were just talking about where God himself was moving. Mm -hmm. So a few events into it, my role as leading this thing, Galen, I was so immature and dumb and broken. Um, but I loved God Mm. and I was doing the best I could. And some errors on my part were, done on the very last event. I mean, Galen, let's be honest. It's the same ones now going too long. Um, kind of going a little rogue. Um, Oh no, you never. (laughs) (laughs) And the sense of where I took people because I was leading this ministry session 
felt manipulative. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. I can show you the video later. Another day, I would love to sit there and, like, walk you through that. Wow. So, um, it was crazy because as I went through the next couple days that were just horrifying, like, my pastor getting ticked, um, my pastor and mentor, my team, um, that next day began with completely different, uh, speaking events, phone calls and emails saying, Hey, these are people in Oklahoma who they don't even know what happened the night before. And they're like, Hey, the ministry event that we were talking about, you come into it's canceled. This is canceled. Hey, you're supposed to speak here. It's canceled. Hey, you're supposed to speak here. Canceled. My job came to an end in December. Um, I was supposed to teach at this amazing Bible study with Melissa Dunn, my ministry partner, as we produced Job. And it was so obvious that got pulled. Like my job, my, some friendships that were the dearest to me, my team, my leadership gifting, City Sing, like this new ministry that basically I was quitting my current job for. These speaking engagements and events, these leadership things that I was involved in, Galen, it, 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 it was gone. And here's what was crazy. I knew all along, it felt like in biblical proportions. And I so badly wanted it to be the enemy, the devil hmm. at work, because then I knew what to do. You I knew how that. to do that. Yeah. yeah. But when it's my God who has me in a place of stripping every excess away, hmm. um, I don't know how to combat that. I don't want to invite it, <laughs> but you don't fight it. Right. right. So it's this right. really weird, but I knew it, Galen, I knew it. And I just remember every day until about mid January, I would come home and eventually just start weeping with my husband and he and I would just sit on the bed and be like, how, how, wh- how can this be happening? Because Galen, honestly, the transgression on my end, let's say it was a, I, I don't quantify it, but let's just for pretensies say, let's pretend it, it was a 15. The response was more like a 300. Like it, it, it did, it was not logical. Do you know what I mean? What was happening was not logical yeah. or didn't seem in the same, didn't seem to match it didn't. The, the sin. Totally. So here's what I want to tell you about this. So through these, really the next 10 months that followed, it was just so depressing. It didn't get better. Not only did those things go away, but I don't know how to say this. So I'm just going to be honest and frank about it. But even the spirit of God in my life, it felt to me, and I'm using that word felt to just describe what it did feel like. Like the hand of God that was once on my forehead of just his love and his leading and his mercy and his nearness, like this intimate, deep, it felt like it was in a love affair with mm-hmm. the, with God. It was just remarkable. Wow. It felt like he lifted his hand off and the manifested, the shown spirit of God was just stopped. Gone. So now, not just my external world, but my internal, my, the one thing, the one thing that mattered most is being with God. And let me just get real. My quote unquote spirituality Hmm. that 
felt like it made me important was gone. So hmm. it was like, I felt... So hold on. I just need to recap. Everything that you felt like was a part of your identity. Yeah. The things that made me important, The Galen. things that made you my significant. Job, <laughs> my role. The fact that I had a mm. stage ministry. And you know I'm not about the stage. No, you no, no. You know this. No. But it feels good. Right. My, well, well your, your contribution is so tangible. Uh-huh. You can see and feel all of this happening in you. And you can see what it's producing. Yeah. And that was just all gone. I mean, gone like the wind. Wow. And not only on the outside, but on the inside, I remember deciding from the very beginning, like, okay, if, if this is what it looks like, I will not do my life any different. Like I will be on my face before God with Mm -hmm. scripture open. And honestly, Galen, it felt like when the Bible was open, have you ever had sand or powder in your mouth where it feels like you're going to choke. You can't swallow powder. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. That's what reading the Bible was like. It was like God doing something where he was, well, instead of trying to interpret that, here's what happened. So everything was gone and I had to get used to the silence. And eventually I was like, you know what, God, if you're going to be quiet toward me, I'm going to just be okay with being quiet toward you instead of me trying to do all my stops, scripture, fast, memorize, read the Bible in 90 days. I hated it. I hated every single moment of reading that Bible in 90 days. Um, like worship, prayer, try, put more effort. It was not working. It was so obviously not working. I was like, God, if you're going to be quiet, I think you're okay if I'm just quiet with you. Here's what I don't mean, Galen, is sitting in the silence in the presence of God. I mean, just being like, Job, I don't know where you are, and it almost feels like you're stalking me. But I trust in you, and you will see this through. This isn't forever, even though it felt like, how long is this going to go on? So what you're saying is you were in this place, but... (sighs) It wasn't just a sitting back, I'm going to kind of, you know, lounge back here and wait until God decides to show up again. It was an active, I'm still listening. It was awful. I'm still here. I still trust you. I still place my faith in you, but I'm, I'm just waiting. And what was scary is God didn't have to come back in a tangible form to Mm. me. And so my question was like, what do I do if my love, mm. my God, doesn't come back to me again? And honestly, Galen, it's never been the same since then. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I think that is something cool that God's been doing. Um, what does this mean? Um, you're, Galen's giving me thumb motions. I am. I need you to unlock your phone. Oh, I need to. Okay, got it. That's what the weird <laughs> thumb was. Okay, so if I had three more minutes, here's the craziest thing. So eventually it's like 10 months later and actually I began to really enjoy this thing that God's doing of like, God, I know you're doing something. I know it. You're like silent to Mm. me, but I know you're doing something. And there was this actually, once I submitted to the process, which took about six months, there was this actual joy. Mm. It, It, not a, not a, not a normal joy, not a happy joy, but this thing of like, 
yeah, God, do this. So all the while, because of this large citywide ministry, I still had people going, are you Andrea Bruce? Are you Andy Bruce? I'm like, oh God, hear me, please God, no. And they're like, what's happening with this ministry? And I'm like, nothing. Absolutely big fat nothing because I am. Wow. I am zero. I'm nothing. And so I remember this day, Galen, I remember driving in my car and I felt the Holy Spirit ask me a question. Mind you, except for two major rebukes, the Holy Spirit just had not spoken to me. I, I, I mean, except for big rebukes. It was just silence. 100%. And I remember this question that was so apparent was, did I make everything? Galen, I've never struggled with creationism and the fact that God is the maker. But this question felt like a thousand pounds on my heart. I'm telling you, it felt so serious, like dead serious. For about three days, I just kept thinking, did he make everything like for real? Okay, he made the clouds. He made the rocks. Did he make that Walmart? Did he make that onesie that I'm putting my kids into? Did he make those bottles? Did he make those trees? And finally, with such assurance and conviction, I said, after three days, God, you made everything. And it was like immediate, Galen, that God said, is everything that I made good? Is everything that Hmm. I made good? And I'm like, okay, wait, you made everything. I know it. And it didn't take me that long, but it was probably a day where I was just careful because it felt like this question was a thousand pounds, like it mattered deeply. Mm -hmm. I mean, I almost felt the fear of God in it, of like, it matters before the holy God who's asking me this. My answer better live up to, in a weird way, the holiness and the authority of the one who's asking the question. And so I remember saying... God, you made everything and it is good. Like, I I know it. I know it. It is good. And immediately the third question came. And it was, did I make you? I was like, oh, crud. Oh, that's where we're going. Wow. And you know the Panera parking lot we meet at? It was yes. in that parking lot. This third question, I was like, oh, God, that's what we're getting at. Which, Galen, was the thing in that counseling office with Gail that you could not get to? I could not get to. And so it was like, God, you made everything. And everything you made is remarkably, perfectly good and holy, including me. So this idea of failure or Galen, it was like, I wanted to hide the things that I thought made me a failure. Mm-hmm. Andrea Bruce doesn't do calendars. She's always going to be late. You're going to pay for being her friend, her husband, her ministry partner. Um, she can't feel time. She's kind of a moron. She's is forgetful. You know, all of these things that they're not character or sin issues. They're just me issues, right? That I feel like made me a failure, an embarrassment. I always felt bad for my husband for having to be married to me because I'm just an idiot, Galen. I don't say this despairingly. I'm like, 
to an extent, these are the facts. You know what I mean? I'm, and I would just feel bad. Like these women have to be, God chose me to be led by them. I am so sorry. It's wow. how my heart felt. And then here I am, God, you made me, you made me really good. And it wasn't something that I could read a book about or be convinced of. It was this thing of this understanding. God made me perfectly, perfectly, Galen, amazing. And so no more was I hiding from pride, quote unquote pride, that I would get puffed up about this or that. It was like... No, God made me to do that. Isn't he amazing for making me strong in this way? And the things that I was trying to hide so that people wouldn't see just what a failure I was became the things where I was like, he made me, Galen, to have this thing called ADHD. This is what he gave me. Wow. It's a weakness that he gave me to glorify him. And you know, I joke about this verse three times. I pleaded of the Lord, like, take this thorn from me. <laughs> Would you and, take it? Right. Like, please, God, make it go away. I'll yeah. try harder and harder because I feel like this dishonors you. But there's a difference, Galen, when I'm living in submission to God of like, hmm. I'm yours and you made me really good because you are good. Not me. You are good. Hmm. You can't a, have a realization, a revelation like that and yeah. not, not change. Right. I mean, how could you? Everything and not you change right. your lens with which you view everything. Totally. And so Galen, you know what that taught me to do? Instead of hiding when I would do mentoring, right? Women, mm -hmm. girls mm -hmm. and pretend like I care about them or like pretend that I remembered it was their birthday or when they were going to court or whatever. I don't remember any of that stuff. And I learned to say, Hey, you know what? God made me really cool. I'm going to forget every birthday or date that matters to you. And I will do my best. But if you want me to remember those, you've got to text me because this is just how God's made me. Number two, I will be late to things, but it's not because I don't care. It's because of something I will call you before or be like four minutes late. It's I'm working on it because I want to honor you. But part of it is just saying, this is how God's made me. And I want to let you know. And guess what, Galen? I don't understand calendars and time that's in motion. Instead, just owning it because this is how God's made mm. me. And it feels like learning to honor him learning to honor his creation, me mm. and the others around me. And this thing of, you know what, Galen, a lot of days the enemy has got my number. Mm. Um, especially with some of our team that is high expectations, high and high structure. Mm -hmm. And, and I wouldn't trade that for the world. But sometimes I don't fit in, especially leading that team great. And it can make me feel like a failure. Mm. And then it's like I lay my head on the pillow and I'm like, God, what did I just do? <laughs> Trample your creation by saying, I kind of, uh, uh, I'm sorry for who I am. So God's doing, God did that. Now it's me growing into who he's made me to be which takes just faith, believing more in God's power and promises for my life 
than my own thoughts and perceptions about myself. Do you, wow. do you know what I mean? Totally. Like I think about that verse in Hebrews that says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for. Right. And we hope for God to do that new thing. Yeah. We hope for God to usher us into that calling that he's placed on our lives. Mm-hmm. And yet there's that faith that is saying, God, you made me and I am good and yep. I am confident in that truth. That's it, Galen. And I don't know. Like, I don't know where you sit with this. I know for me, this is resounding mm. these days Yeah. Um, of using, I, I lovingly call it the F word of like failure, mm. because for me, that resonates. I mean, like, no, God, like it's not true. And so I don't know where you or other listeners sit, but what I do know is this aspect of faith that submits to the power of God mm. to receive his promises for me has become the name of the game because if I'm outside of submitting to him through my belief, my faith in him, then let the failure lies like resound. And they do. It's when I submit my belief, my faith, like God, you are powerful. And I believe your promises, not globally. I mean, personally for me, they're for me. It's a game changer. So I talked a lot. I'm glad you did. Thank and, you for sharing. Uh, yeah, this Seriously, is like my sharing. failure and faith thing. And you know what, Galen? Hmm. I don't know how it's going to live tomorrow, but I do know that the way that I think about God and me for the rest of these couple hours this evening set the foundation 100% for how I experience my faith or the failure part tomorrow. You know what I mean? So that's my commitment for me is like, I will be like, God, you, everything you made is good, including me instead of this, like, why did I do that? Why did I do that? So for me, that's my next faith step. That's amazing. Yeah. So I can't wait because in the next episode, we're going to hear about what God's been showing you about faith. And I know that women, like we are really serious about doing this calling thing together Mm -hmm. Um, and this is a big part of my journey and we get to hear what God's doing in you next time. So, all right. I can't wait. Can't wait. Yeah. See you again ne- next time. Yeah. See you good night next time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs>